Ogumba Wale for the win. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Happy Monday and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm Gabe Ibrahim alongside Amy Otterburn. We're not doing we're not doing introduction anymore. You should know who we are because we we're here every Monday on Locked On Women's Basketball, along with our wonderful slate of shows down the rest of the week with Eric Ayala on Tuesdays and Thursdays and Howard McDell on Fridays. But today, on a Monday, we're going to give you a quick whip, whip around around college basketball because a lot has been happening. So, Amy, how's it going? I know it's been – it's crazy for people who do, like, the whole basketball team thing like we do because lot, just lots of stuff is happening with NBA preseason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> WNBA. Uh, free agency is kind of going to get going soon, so I've been preparing for that. We have – a women's college basketball in full swing. We don't even know what games are going to happen on each day. Uh, our Miami Hurricanes are playing like in two hours or in an hour. In, in 45, 45 minutes. for Actually, yes. 42 minutes. <laughs> in 42, and we didn't know that game was going to happen until yesterday. So a lot of things are happening, but we're going we're gonna to kind of center ourselves and bring us back in to talk about some stuff. So how are you doing today, Amy? I'm, I'm great. You know, a little chilly. A little chilly oh. today, but hey, no, it's good. Let's go. Let's get chatting because, like you said, there is a lot going on right now um, <laughs> and yes. often changing quickly. But, I mean, listen, I'm not complaining because uh, there's there's some ball. There's ball hap- There's ball playing. <laughs> no. we're, we're getting to, uh, to, mid-season, to mid-season form, I think. You know, like it, we, we, we also need a little bit of ramp up. Um, so I think we're getting into uh, some some midseason form. But what I want to start off with was yesterday's Stanford game was was a big deal. Um, first and foremost, Stanford won eighty three to thirty eight over a conference <laughs> foe in Cal. Cal is having a lot of injury issues, a lot of COVID. Like they are, they were starting a walk on uh, point guard, I believe. Um, so it's going to be a tough yeah, one. Welcome to, to the season, right? Like this is right. gonna, this is not just like, there's a reason that they're not all over like uh, sports networks right now. Yeah. Cause it's just like, this is, this is our world right now. So kudos to them for getting out there and putting a product out and competing. Yeah. yeah hopefully. I mean, assumingly it would get better for Cal, but the story is really Stanford for two reasons. First and foremost, Tara Vanderveer matched uh, Pat Summit's win record on the women's side, uh, at 1,098 wins. Um, Tara has a chance to pass Pat on Tuesday on ESPN against, I think, Pacific. Um, so she, she's going to do it with the number yeah. one team in the country. <laughs> at some point. Uh, at some point, she's going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Probably um, Tuesday. And she's only trailing Coach K in terms of total wins uh, in Division One history. Um, that's obviously a massive deal. And I think next week we'll probably talk a little bit more about that when she actually has the record and we can kind of, we can kind of think about it more and talk about Pat. Um, but the other thing that happened that was really interesting was Fran, uh, Fr- uh, Fran Bell- Bellaby. Did I say her name right? I think it's Belibi. Belibi. Okay, sorry. Belibi. Well, I practiced it Belibi. and everything. Belibi. <laughs> and then I messed up her first name. It's just all – she's fantastic. I'm not. Um, but she dunked. In her first her first college dunk, she is a known as a dunker. Um, she was in the the uh, McDonald's slam dunk contest last year um, as a high schooler, 
and she did really well. I think she came in like second or something. Um, but she can really throw it down. And I found it really interesting, like just the response that got on Twitter. So I'm wondering, did you see, did you see her dog? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you saw it, like you said, it was all over Twitter and everything too. It's cool, man. Like good for her. And you know what I loved about it? It came off of, uh, you know, six, one sophomore forward. Mm-hmm. It's only six, one, by the way, like I thought she was going to like list like six, four, because when yeah. you look at her play, like <laughs> she's like a beast. And I always six, when five I say, wingspan. yeah, when I call someone a beast, I always say that like in the best, like that is a yeah. huge compliment. Um, she was on the wing, right. And got a mm-hmm. deflection, like shot the passing lane or something like that. Like, you know, that's not what you'd expect your, big if you will that you know and there she goes got her tip got her hand handle the ball and next thing you know yeah she threw it but i gotta just like twitter like you people make me so happy like the first (laughs) ones to like jump out and like of course like you know the trolls are coming but gabe in my mind i'm like just like let us be like why what are you what are you getting out of your life like good for her women are built different we we have we're just built different physiologically right so we cannot we're not dunkers like men right so when it happens yes yeah to an extent so when it does happen allow us to freaking celebrate (laughs) it's great it's it's so it's fun and then really like it's it's great for the women's game it's great for women's fans great for the stanford program like come on (laughs) no i agree i agree i think it was it it got a lot of attention um i also i mean she can like Obviously, there's a lot of uh, players who can dunk, but I don't think there there has been a player at this level who can kind of get up in the same way. And one Courtney hand. Williams swears she can dunk. And one hand. Ah. One hand or two. It was a one hander yeah. too. So good for her. And like, I just I hope that you know they they celebrate that and kind of tune themselves out to the dum dums out there because they are yeah. out there. No, and she um. You know, she didn't start playing basketball until her she was in high school. That's what I found. Oh. I read a really good Katie uh, Katie Baker article on her. I'll put it in the show description because she didn't start playing until um, her freshman year of high school, and she doesn't she like doesn't want to play in the WNBA, even though I think she has a really good body for the WNBA. <laughs> yeah. She wants she wants to be a doctor, which fair if that's your dream. You know, I'm not gonna get mad at you for not wanting to play a WNBA. Um, but the the thing I want to talk to you about is just dunking in the women's game. Like you said, it, it is great for the women's game to get this sort of attention, get people um, excited. Um, but I always think when there's a dunk, people freak out to just like so much of an extent that, yeah, it's fun to celebrate it. But to me, I don't think the women's game necessarily needs to, needs to be so crazy about dunking because I, I think what we're selling is just not – related to dunking like as a, as a as a basketball game that's not what the women's game's about i don't think it, i don't think it necessarily needs dunking so i was just wondering like have you have you thought about um what effect it kind of has on the rest of the game when there when there's a dunk or you know a lot of people are and whenever someone dunks there's always like some people coming out of the woodwork to say we need to make the rims nine feet like, no <laughs> no I love our game. Let's just start there, right? I love our game and millions of people out there love our game. And, and a lot of men, by the way, love watching women's basketball, whether they like to admit it or not, because it's yeah. it's a different a different style. And But I mean, it's always fun when something yeah. different happens, right? Or when something that does you do compared to the men's game happens, right? And really like, 
your friend or you're one of the women that can do it, why wouldn't you? Brittany Griner, like, why wouldn't you when the opportunity's there? Lisa Leslie, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, sure, those are moments that, and, and there are young girls at home that, that see that. Like, why not? Does it mean that our game is now predicated around who can dunk a basketball? Absolutely not. Uh, but no, I, I'm totally against lowering rims, like totally yeah. against it. Um, but I just, I think when it does happen, it should be celebrated. You don't have to make a huge deal of it, but that's really cool. That's a, that, that's something that's, that's forever going to be in France. Yep. Um, probably highlight reel and, and side note, she can be a doctor, study to be a doctor and play in the WNBA. We've had a lot of conversations about some of the most wonderful women in the world, right? D- Elizabeth yeah. Williams is, wants to work in the medical field, right? Mm-hmm. Like you look at Sylvia Fowles, who is studying more to be a mortician. So, Fran, if you're listening, you can you can have it all, mm. <laughs> and you can I don't you can pay for it. You got you know med school. Yeah. You can start paying for it. You can market your brand. You know, like there's going to be some coaches having some interesting conversations with her about being able yeah. to attain all her dreams. So both her parents are doctors. So I ma- yeah. I imagine the financials are a little different for her. But I do I don't I mean if you could go to med school and play in the WNBA. Like you're, you're a goddess. I don't, I can't, that is, that would be the most impressive thing in, in WNBA history, frankly, if, if she is able to do that. Um, but, but she also not, can dunk. She can, she's defying odds, Gabe. I'm not I, against I'm not it. saying, I'm not <laughs> saying she can't. I'm not saying she can't because she's already, um, she's a basketball player at Stanford. Like that is in its, in and of itself, yeah. really, really impressive. Um, I don't think, I mean, you could talk about this more like the academic, the toll on your academics from athletics is a major uh, thing. And especially when you're trying to become a doctor and you're at Stanford, like, I imagine that's a lot. Well, so Ivy Leagues, yeah, like, and Ivy League schools don't mess around, right, with academics. No. Like, they don't. You have to have yeah. a certain standard. You're technically not on a basketball. Well, she's in the Pac-12, yeah. but the Ivy Leagues too, right? Like, they, it's yeah. just, it's about the standard. Um and I'm talking about the Ivy League because I'm fascinated with them where you actually don't have an academic, you're on academic scholarship. Yeah. You're not yeah, you're on not an athletic on. scholarship. And I know yeah, that Stanford, study. Stanford, that athletic program, they ha- they hold their athletes to a certain standard as well. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, she's a, uh, clearly a fascinating young lady. Um, yeah, I'm right. Obviously I'm a tremendous sure. athlete, but man, also in the classroom. So she has yeah. definitely has no ceiling. No, I mean, yeah, if she, I'm, I'm not saying she can't, but if she did that, that'd be really impressive. And if she starts dunking and throwing down alley-oops in a WNBA game, even if she's not going to med school, that's going to be really impressive too. So I'm excited for her career. Um, and this is a, you know, a nice little uh, first, right? Because this is her, like you said, she, she's a sophomore, but um, this is her first dunk in a college game. I think we're going to see much more of it, especially if Stanford is this good. And okay, we're going to I'm just going to say really quick, oh, Gabe, she's uh-huh. on the Katrina McLean watch list, right? Award watch list. It's mm-hmm. going to be hard for her not to win that award <laughs> if Stanford stays in the top couple, right? And now she has that recorded dunk, at least one on the season. Sorry, had to get that in. <laughs> All right. Uh, then, then we will get to – we will move east to talk about the ACC before moving back out west to talk about Oregon uh, in just a second. But first, we're going to take a break, so we will see you on the flippity-flop. 
Welcome back to Locked On Women's Basketball. We're going to get into some ACC talk here with a couple of Miami Hurricanes uh, eagerly awaiting the start of our game, which is happening in the middle of the afternoon on a Monday uh, because it's Because COVID. Because, because it's 2020. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be weird next year. Like, we're going to be in, like, this weird, like, limbo area until we, the vaccine kind of gets rolled out, and it's only – it's 2021, and we're going to be still saying it's 2020. Um, yeah. But we'll see. I think in March, March 2021 is when we turn the calendars because 2020 needs a couple months to, to, yeah. to get itself out of our system. <laughs> uh, but let's let's get into the ACC. A couple interesting results out of, out of uh, the Atlantic Coast Conference. We'll start with NC State and Boston College. So uh, NC State came back from a 16-point fourth-quarter deficit to beat BC in their ACC opener. Final score is 75 to 69 um bc scored two points in the last four minutes and they they, nc state went on 23 to 2 run um it was i know i said this about the last nc state game i talked about we talked about against south carolina it was kind of gross at the end um and coach westmore had a really good quote about that he said that was an ugly baby but it was our baby (laughs) about the win which is a quote i'm stealing for the rest of the season but for NC State, I think to me, it just kind of shows they can win their clunkers. They come out, they make the big plays at the end of the game. And if it's close, they're very confident that they can win. They're led by their seniors and uh, their junior, Lisa Canane. But their senior, Kayla Jones, man, she is a big time player, big shot taker, big shot maker. She finished with 25 points, um, six, uh, three of six from three, four rebounds, had four turnovers, but down at the stretch at the end of the, at the, end of the game, she was fantastic after her big game against South Carolina. So, you know, I think for NC State, it just, you know, this is the team that um, I don't, I'm not sure they're at that sort of like elite run you out of the gym sort of level yet, but I could see them getting there and they're winning their clunkers. But for BC, I think it's pretty encouraging that they were able to, to get this big lead on such a talented team. Yeah, so I, I have a special place for Boston College because I've had the opportunity to spend some time around that program and call them last year. Supposed to call them this year. We'll see. Come on, COVID. But <laughs> so their head coach, Joanna Burnaby McNamee, is fantastic, right? I mean, mm-hmm. last year, this was a team that was finished, picked to finish 13. They finished number four in the regular season and they graduated their core. And so what does this season look like? But they're competing now. Now they dropped their first game against Georgia Tech by quite a bit. I think it was 18 points. And so they were frustrated. Mm-hmm. But they responded. I thought, you know, you look at this NC State game, and this was, they should have won this ball game. Now, and this is no, and I don't want people to be offended because NC State is gutting out games at the end that it's not Gabe and Amy saying that they're not good game. Like this is coming from their own staff and probably yeah. their own beliefs, because when you're one of the top teams in your, in the country, you, you hold yourself to a higher standard. Mm-hmm. So credit to them to doing what one of the top teams in the country should do, which is pull out a win on the road at the end of a game. But man, Boston college, uh, Taylor soul is special. I mean, she is a dynamite player. And to me, like, it was Michaela Dickens that really took over this game, hitting long. Mm -hmm. Um, She's a leader. Claire Ford had 15. Cameron Swartz had 15. But these are all players, um, Cameron Swartz, you know, like, I believe she's a sophomore now. And and maybe sophomore or junior. But because of the core they had last year, the senior core they had last year, a lot of these players weren't the premier 
go-to. Mm-hmm. And, and so you don't, you never know what that's going to look like, right? Like coming into the next year, but, but they have, to me, like they've, they've come along, they've, they've clicked right away. And, and again, you said it, they were up 16 points against the number four team in the country with eight minutes left on the clock. Like, yes, they, I believe just as much as you can say NC state really pulled it together at the end. Yeah. Boston college made some air, you know, like they didn't obviously did not play a perfect game in the fact they got outscored in the fourth quarter, 28 to nine. But I also think there were some frustrating officiating calls um, toward yeah. the end of the game because NC state shot 34 free throws on the game and Boston college shot eight. Now is Boston college a team that likes to shoot threes? Yes. But I will look at tell you this game points in the paint. Boston college had 24 NC state had 34. So certainly had the edge there. They both scored 22 points on second chance, which means they were around the rim just as much. And so I was a little bit taken aback by that um, because of course, you know, and, and again, like Coach Max comments after she said she's still got to look at the film, but she, they were frustrated because they felt like they should have yeah. won this ball, won this ball game. So, um, credit to NC State, they they pulled it together. And the one thing I do want to add to them is Jakia Brown Turner. To me, with just under a minute left, had that baseline drive which sealed the game. So we talk about Kayla Jones and we talk about Alyssa Kunane. Oh yeah. And how about Brown Turner sealing it for them? So that was a perfect example of Boston College you know, really missing a huge assignment at the end of the game. There was no help defense, and it was, quite frankly, an, an easy layup for Brown-Turner. So they were only yeah. up one with a minute left, so that possession was so big. And, yeah, Boston College really, you know, had a huge error defensively. So it's it about yeah. <laughs> it's about developing poise, I think. You know, I think for Boston College, because you're – I mean – Yes, there's going to be probably a free throw discrepancy, especially when Elisa Cunane's getting to the line 15 times. But it shouldn't be that big. I think when you're sitting there, it's quicksand. It's the thing I always say from the replacements. Like, one thing goes wrong, then another thing goes wrong, then another thing goes wrong, and then you start blaming yourselves, and then you start thinking to try to do too much. We're going to double it. You know, then then it turns into quicksand, and you're drowning, and that's what happened at the end of this game to Boston College. Well, they Um, shot two for 16. I mean, they shot two for 16 in the fourth quarter. They didn't – they didn't (laughs) – they didn't make baskets. So, you know, like, yeah, they, they gave up 28, but they only scored nine. So it was, a, it was a little bit of both ends of the court for them. And you can't do that against number four in the country. No, I think that that's the, you see a lack of poise from Boston College, which I think this game kind of, when you have a game like this, it kind of pushes you to, to understanding what you need to do at end of games. Um, I think they'll get better for it. But then you saw a lot of poise on NC State side. I think you know you 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 talked about Brown Turner, Reina Perez had a had some yeah. nice plays down the stretch. Kai Crutchfield had some nice defensive ser- um, plays as well and was there to shoot um, and you know made herself available. She only finished with two points. She was 0-7 from the field, but she was able to do things that helped her team. I well, think that's, that's a the sign sort of a good thing. team. That's exactly. a great team, right? When when a player can really struggle offensively, one of your big players, and then and you still are able, and you're down a lot late, by the way, and you're still able to find a way to win that game. But for Boston College, you said you hope they develop. Well, they they have a week off because they're in, the school's actually in exams right now, but they play Syracuse next weekend, and that's another mm-hmm. team that is really. They're a nice ball club. So welcome to ACC basketball, right? And But what an opportunity for Boston College 
to, to respond to this. Cause this is not, you know, this is a tough one for them. Number four in the country and you have the big towards the end of that in the fourth quarter and, and on your home court too. Right. So huge opportunity for Boston college to, to, uh, to pick out, you know, where they really felt that they could have been a little bit better down the end. No, I think, um, I think Boston college is kind of a symptom, a good symptom of the ACC right now is like, they, they're kind of a middle of the pack team. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Boston College is ranked at some point this season. I doubt it'll happen just that, you know, because they do have – they're going to have probably this loss to NC State. If you predict that out, they'll probably lose to Syracuse because Syracuse is very good as well. But you have a bunch of teams here. You have your Boston College, your Wake Forest who's receiving votes. I think Syracuse, uh, Louisville, and NC State are a little bit ahead of the pack now. They kind of separate themselves. But just this middle with Florida State, Boston College, Wake Forest – uh, Georgia Tech, who beat Notre Dame. Notre Dame, who's going to get healthier and and more cohesive as the season rolls on. I just think there's North a lot. Carolina. I got to say, North, North Carolina is coming out strong, and they play today against Miami. But that's another team. Like that's like to me high mid right now, high mid pack. You know, and, if you take away those first couple. And Duke, we could throw Duke in there too. I mean, yeah. they're they're on postponement because they played Louisville. Louisville had a positive test, so then Duke got knocked out, forcing Miami to play North Carolina. Um, but I just think <laughs> this day, right? It's Jeez. normal things. No, normal yeah. things are happening. Yeah. But in the ACC, I just feel like there's a lot of you know six to nine seeds. And well, I don't know how the NCAA tournament's going to work this year. If we have six. in a normal year. Everybody gets a play-in game. If you were if you were healthy and you have no contact tracing issues, you're um, in the first week of March. You get a play-in game. <laughs> but in, the, in a regular season, I feel like there would be a lot of like you know five to nine seeds in the tournament and teams that you know they're gonna kind of sneak into the Sweet Sixteen because um, they're good enough to beat they're good enough to beat really good teams and they're not good enough to beat all of the teams. So it's like that. I feel like they're in that upset range where they're either going to get upset or they're going to provide an upset in a later round. Fair. But can we skip forward for a second? Just talk about Georgia tech just for one second. Sure. Cause my yeah, gosh, I mean, any of those teams bring them up. Yeah. Now Fortner. I mean, come on. They, 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 you know, handily take a good Boston college team by 18 and at Notre Dame over the weekend, beat them by 15 points. Oh, Gabe, yeah. listen, we were talking during our ACC preview about Georgia tech and said, eh, you know, it's probably going to take a couple more years. You know, and that's why I don't get paid the big bucks, you know, <laughs> but this is a team right now that is, they're playing with eight players, but two players have only seen one game. So like, essentially they have a six woman rotation, they're four and one, and their only loss on the season is to Georgia and from the SEC. They lost in overtime to a very good Bulldog squad. So this is a team that to me um, has, you know, they're not listening to me and they're not listening to you and they're, they've closed out the all the outside noise and, and they're being led by uh their senior six four four the italian look i want to make sure Lor i can't say with an italian accent so lorella okay. kubai lorella kubai who's sure. averaging over 15 and just under 13 rebounds so setting the tone they've got a finished point guard uh again lotamai latini I'm, I'm glad you're taking on these pronunciation efforts lotamai latinen who 27 drops 27 against Boston College hit five threes had eight steals in that game so to me like they're just their staff is doing a tremendous job of preparing 
a very small group of women to go out and battle and compete. And uh, that's to me, that's who's going to be successful this season with so much inconsistency with everything going on in the world right now. And then, so what is the task at hand today? What are our strengths and what do we need to do in this particular matchup? And now Fortner and her team are to me like one of the, the more fun teams and they get Miami on Thursday. So we'll see Katie Myers got some work North Carolina today and then a hot Georgia tech team later this week. It's culture building. I think there's a lot of culture building this year. Like we'll see what happens because you may just have a a week and a half knocked out because of COVID or two weeks knocked out because of COVID and that derails your season. Right. But if you all choose, you can all come back next year. Right. Cause we are not charging a year of eligibility. It's kind of almost, I have to, you almost approach it a little like that. Right. Like, and, it, and we were talking about Stanford's <laughs> academics, uh, Georgia Tech. My, my wife went to Georgia Tech. That is a um, that's a similar sort of deal, especially if you're in the engineering program. <laughs> like you may want to have that fifth year. It'll be helpful. I promise yeah. you. Um, so Georgia Tech may, has a has a bright future, may have a bright present. Um, but we'll see. I, I just like the ACC. I think they're they're really strong in the middle. I think they're going to be um, surprising some folk when it comes to the NCAA tournament, if things are like somewhat normal, we'll see, who knows, who knows. All right, we'll get into Oregon uh, in just a second and uh, we'll, we'll catch you guys on the other side of this break. Last segment here on Locked On Women's Basketball. We always want to remind you to make sure you subscribe to this podcast feed on whatever podcast app you have to make sure you get all the great shows we have right here talking about women's basketball every single day and you can also follow us on twitter at locked on wb you can follow me on twitter at gabe underscore ibrahim you can follow amy on twitter at amy audibert and you should do that because again we have a ton of basketball but we're going to take you back out to the west coast uh to talk about the oregon ducks they beat uh their rival uh oregon state 79 to 59. Uh, it was kind of a beatdown. The <laughs> biggest win in the rivalry since 2010. And Oregon just looked to be world beaters again. You know, they, they've, they've, I think this is like 27 straight games since last year. Uh, I'm a, I, you had the tough names in the last segment. I have a tough one here. Uh, Tahina Pow Pow. Tahina Pow Pow. Yeah, that's Tahina. You, Tahina. Gabe, you don't know. You better know it because Tahina is a I, thing. I knew Pow Pow. Pow Pow. Pow Pow is a thing. That's what I call her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, she, she finished yeah. at 22. Uh, Taylor Mikesell, who has a much easier name to pronounce, had 21 on 5 of 8 from 3. Um, she currently is shooting 60, 60% from 3. Yeah. Yeah, uh, best in the country. That no one's really that close, except for Katie Benson in uh, Maryland, who's at fifty-eight percent on over, over thirty attempts so far this season. Uh, top Oregon's top ten in both offensive and defensive points per one hundred possessions. I mean, you know, Oregon State was their first big test, but they beat the doors off of both Oregon State and Utah. I mean, how how is this team? I, I just don't really understand how this team looks so good when they lost so much from last year. Well, and, and let's just really quickly go back to 25 assists on 31 field goals yeah. also against Oregon State. So you t- that goes to kind of to your point, right? Is like, don't you have to spend some time like getting to know each other, all these new faces? But, and, and that's exactly what happened. Like you look at who they graduated, which you could argue is one of the better classes. Ever. 
ever in women's college basketball. But I mean, actually, that would be a whole nother show because I mean, you look at yeah. UConn, <laughs> like what they put out, you know, almost every year. We're just gonna you know, say just a couple, of, maybe Tennessee, yeah. But at least as of late, and so yeah, but so super impressed with Tahina, right? Because hmm. let's not forget whose shoes she's filling in, right? Mm-hmm. First freshman to start a season opener since Sabrina. So. Uh, she, I, that to me, obviously tremendous basketball player, but just from the shoulders up the type of what the challenge she's been willing to, to step in and thrive in, but even Taylor, Mike sells a new face, right? Transferred mm-hmm. from Maryland, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Sedona Prince, new face transferred from Texas. I mean, they, with the program last year, but red shirt last year, but even Niara, right? She sat out, she's had two knee injuries. So a whole lot of these new faces, but also experienced and ready to play because a lot of these transfers, USA basketball playing at other power five programs. So they're just now getting to play um, coming back from injury, but Aaron Boley and Taylor Chavez, who was a PAC 12 six player of the year last year, mm-hmm. to me, it's like this perfect mix of um, well, true freshman in Tahina, but experienced players who are hungry because they were sitting out a year or injured. And then your returning core who you're returning to top two core there who, who like get it right. Like this is Oregon basketball and this is what we're about. A lot of credit has to go to Kelly Graves and his staff as well. Right. To, to just doing all the right things to having this group ready. But uh, we always joke around about we're two East coasters. So we don't always get to watch or talk about the West, but obviously like, the last couple of years has been a lot more attention on Oregon. And if anything, they're showing that, Hey, keep it on over here, you know, like, and, and so I'm excited for them. And I think that they went in ranked, what were they ranked Gabe preseason uh, AP top 25? I think it was like six like or eight. eight, eight. I think it was eight. Yeah. You're right. I think it was eight. Uh, t- to me, they're, they're showing very quickly that they're, they're deserving maybe a little bit higher than eight. <laughs> <laughs> they're at seven. They're at seven now, but I imagine they're. So yeah, yeah. they started the season UConn, at ten. What's UConn sorry. at? What's UConn at? Uh, UConn's <laughs> at like three. Or no, UConn's. <laughs> yeah, UConn's at three, and they haven't played a game yet. They played a game. Oh, they, they played. Play they played. They, they, and Paige was Paige. That was fun. But I guess my point is, is that UConn, or sorry, um, Oregon now has showed that they're still very they are still a very good team and it's not like just by surprise oh we have all these young kids who are just really good at basketball they have one young player but they have a lot of newer faces but are experienced basketball players and yes. so I'm, I'm really excited for that program because i really do think they're going to sustain a very high level throughout the season no i, I think you know i want to give credit a lot to i mean obviously the, there is a lot of players returning um that understand the system but kelly Graves' system just seems like it fits people into the right roles. It seems like he's really good at communicating what you're supposed to do. So, for example, Niara Sable, who we all know her sister. If you're a WNBA fan, you should know her because she's averaging 7.4 rebounds per game already. And this is her, her really first, first taste of college action. I think it's someone that, you know, she probably comes in and, and she there's a player here who could say, oh, I want to get more touches. I want to be – um, more involved in the offense, but she's also just doing the dirty work. I think that comes from a coach saying, this is what we need you to do for us to be successful. I think yeah. the best coaches do that. 
Yeah, well. and she so you can say she's a new face, but actually she's been around the program. Yeah, for a couple yeah, of yeah. Years. She's been injured, so it's to that point understanding that she's not just stepping into all these bright shining lights like, and she's excited yeah. and playing hard right now. She knows what's being asked of her and what's required to be successful. So now she's just a hungry young lady, like a lot of these uh, Oregon Ducks, right? And they've been sitting s- sitting out or transferring or whatever it is. So, I mean, yeah, like you said, identifying rules and understanding, but then understanding that they have the opportunity right away to be respectful. They're wearing a jersey that is very, you know, highly coveted. And so Mm -hmm. uh, just super excited for the entire Oregon women's basketball fan base as well, because they are certainly a loud fan base and they love their players and they they still have a lot to look forward to, even though it's kind of weird, right? You graduate this, like some of the greatest players probably never come through that program and you wonder what now and they're still not giving you a great basketball game in terms of closeness but that's what you want right from your home team completely you want to start dominating yeah you want to win so they'll take 20 point wins against your in-conference rival yeah and then we'll we'll really find out about um about Oregon come the new year so they play on uh well hopefully Everything yeah. can change. Yeah. On January 3rd, they play UCLA at home. Then they nice. travel to uh, Stanford on the 8th. So back-to-back okay. games there. Woo. Then they play Arizona two games, uh, a game after that. So they, wonder, we're going to find out a lot. Yeah, I wonder, right, if, I wonder if they go home, you know, like if you play college basketball, you often – it's literally like three or yeah. four days if you're lucky of a break. But most players – like to fly home for that you know they're usually home for christmas day or a day after and then you wonder with it and not just oregon but i if well and that's some calls i'll have to make if coaches you keep, i don't know if you can say you're not allowed to go home uh especially if someone's like really feeling like they need some family for a couple days yeah. but man you like you look at oregon and in that schedule that they have and it, it's it, we're talking about people's health so it shouldn't matter about which games you have coming up in the next couple weeks but you just feel like any decisions that you make are going to affect your entire team and, and those teams around you. Right. And so you wonder if, if, uh, if these young people are getting on planes and, and getting into airports yeah. more than they have to already. We'll see. I don't, that is something that I don't know. And we'll have to find out. Um, I know a lot of college football teams are deciding not to play in bowl games just to avoid this problem. Just say we're done. We're done yeah. for the season. Boston College's football team decided we're not going to do a bowl game this year because we want our players to go see their families, and they haven't been able to. Yeah, um, well, I'm not sure what I'm not guys, sure what kind of restrictions are. Yeah, and while well, you're seeing guys just say they're they're done because they want to get ready for the NFL, and they're not trying to be on planes and traveling and, mm-hmm. and playing on teams with a hundred guys right now. It's just it's crazy. Again, it was something we could talk about for the next. Uh, three hours right and, and actually three hours later still not have anything yeah. solved or figured out because it's so overwhelming but i mean it, it, let's celebrate every week we get to come here and talk about the games that did happen and uh let's just celebrate that <laughs> yeah and we could celebrate oregon because i think yeah i think this is the year that they take the step to being one of those perennial contenders you know along with the South Carolinas, your, your Stanford, your Yukons, your Baylors, like those programs and Louisville, those programs are always going to be up there. And I think, or this is a year that Oregon can say, Hey, we're right in that mix. We weren't just a Sabrina Satu uh, team or Ruth the Heber team. Like we are a program that needs to be reckoned with. I'm excited to see how that 
um, works out. Okay, we got to go because our team is playing in like five minutes. Four. Um, four minutes. Um, and we have, we, we, we are going to watch them. Um, and we will be back next Monday to talk about some uh, women's basketball subject that is to be determined. Um, we will figure it out. But until then, we hope you guys have a nice week, a safe week. And we hope it doesn't get too cold for you guys. Although we're going to get snow. I don't mind when it's when it's cold and it snows. I mind when it's cold and it doesn't snow. Uh-uh. That's neither, that's a different that's another conversation cuz freeze me up but don't snow. Oh, okay. I hate we we need the car off. May, maybe maybe this is what we're talking about next week. All right you guys, have a great weekend. All right.